It was a thoroughly satisfying victory for the Chiefs on Sunday as they took down the Chargers 31-17 to move to 6-1 on the year, holding the best record in the AFC. We have stats, we have records, and we have information for you to be a more informed Chiefs fan. This is 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people. Welcome to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Haley Lewis. And we've got some Chiefs info for you. And before we get to some of that info, I do want to shout out our partner, Love this show and our sponsor, and that is Mission Taco Joint. Now, with three locations in Kansas City, including their new one in Leewood at Park Place, you can get 10% off your order every Tuesday by mentioning KCSN. We also want to shout out Mission Taco for being a partner on the KCSN Foundation side of things, providing meals once a month as part of our Feed It Forward program to Hope Faith Ministries the homeless shelter in downtown Kansas City. We were able to make our second delivery just last week. And Jacob and all of the the folks over there at Mission Taco Joint, not only do they make great food, they've got great location, great vibe, great drinks, all that good stuff. Also great people. So we appreciate their partnership, uh, both on the KCSN side of things, but also on the KCSN Foundation side of things. And so, yeah, if you want to support uh, Mission Taco Joint and our Feed It Forward program, check out the KCSN Foundation. You can find out how to get involved. All right, Haley, before we get into the info and all the stuff that we've got lined up here, uh, how was the game? You were able to go as a fan. So much fun. For is it the first time? Yeah. So it's, ever. It sounds like weird. Ever, ever. The only time that I could ever say that I actually went to a Chiefs game, my dad, who um, like was a coach here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. had got, got free tickets or something like that. And so he took us. We were up in those like nosebleeds. And I think we stayed for a couple quarters. But I don't remember any of that. So I did technically go to a game as a kid once. Um, but this is my first time as an adult ever going to a game. And I was really stressed <laughs> the entire time. I was very stressed about tailgating. I was very stressed about how to get in the stadium. Yeah. I had no idea the clear bag thing. I knew that that was a thing, but I just always brought a backpack in. Wasn't prepared for that. Um, how many times? It's have, very expensive too. <laughs> how many times over your career do you feel like you probably read the clear bag? Oh, clear bag times. plastic policy, whatever that is, that policy. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think it yeah. applied to me. It's. <laughs> It is really interesting because we went to the game a couple weeks ago. Went to the the Thursday night game. My wife and I did, mm-hmm. and we tried to get there like three hours early to go yeah. tailgating. And it was an hour and a half to get in the parking lot. I know it's a mess, and I know there's not an easy way like, to park. Can I just show my media business. Twenty five, thirty thousand cars. I get it, but like yeah. we went in gate six, right by like the offices, and we ended up parking in lot A, like the far lane. I'm like, how did we end up all the way over here? Yeah. Forty five minutes later, like I didn't. I don't get it, but I don't envy the position that they're in. It's not logistically easy to do. Get that. You have a lot of people want to have a good time, but uh, when we have kids and schedules, we can't plan to leave nine hours early uh, and get out there like like we want to, or we did pre-kids, but we still got out there. We still had a good time, and I'm glad to know that you still had a good time. I had a great... The only thing that I struggled with was not... like I wouldn't allow myself to cheer because I'm so used to not cheering. And not being allowed to cheer. Yeah. So every time something good happened, I was just stone cold. Just being like. You know what my move was? And I can't do it in this chair. <laughs> but I couldn't 
cheer. I couldn't yell because I get in trouble. Like yeah, when I was yeah. early on, because I'd sit right next to like it's PR. Hard like I'd sit right because it was working for the Chiefs. I'm yeah. right next to PR. So if I make a peep, I get stared at. Mm. And instead, I would just like go like I just slam my chair down because you're not cheering. <laughs> and so I'd just be like slamming my my thing uh, chair down over and over the only time i ever heard cheering was uh brett veach i've told the story a million times oh was that during the afc no it was the um it was the last game of the season uh against dead it was patrick Holmes' first start oh it was the same game that i remember i'll never forget veach cheering (laughs) and i like having to tell him like hey you might want to sit down um you're kind those people around and they will report this immediately uh if you're jumping up cheering but there's also therese paler uh and sam giggling uh they've talked about it a lot sam's talked about it uh, just giggling off of each of Mahomes' throws because he knew it was going to be special. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I either am very like keep it in and yeah. normally like very even keel. I think it's a baseball thing. I was a pitcher, so you can't sure. get too high, too low. Always keep the same. But when I let it out, like it all it comes out. It comes out. Tucker watched the K State football game with me oh, a couple funny. weeks ago, and I was just <laughs> letting it out. Uh, and it was the frustrating one, not the yeah. beat down of the horned frauds. Uh, so let's get to the 10 hey. things. Tucker caught it. Uh, let's get to the, the 10 things on this one. I hope you're not a TCU fan out there listening. Go state. All right. <laughs> Start with number one, Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yep. They pitched a second half shutout against the Chargers on Sunday, holding them to 17 points in the 31-17 victory. The Chiefs defense has now allowed no more than 21 points in each of the team's first seven games of 2023. That ties the 1999 and 2007 Chiefs for the fifth longest such streak to start a season in franchise history. Defense was productive throughout the whole game, posting five sacks by five different defenders, which created a loss of 40 yards total. The defense had seven passes defensed, two interceptions, eight quarterback pressures by seven different players, Mm. and at least six players with five tackles. And going back, because I know this has been out there on social media, Field Yates put this out there, our friend and friend of the program from ESPN, and the Field Yates said the Chiefs are the only defense out there that has not allowed a team to score 21 or more in any game this season. So, if so facto, Chiefs are the best defense. Great. I love it. We haven't been able to say that forever. And the fact that it was able, I mean, it was so much fun just watching how electric they are and, and yeah. the growth that they've taken. And it finally feels like we're not waiting until week eight to talk about a good defense. Yeah, I, this may be a hot take, but maybe not. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there, one person out there will agree with me. Let me know in the comment section if you agree with me on this. But it's because Arrowhead and the mystique of Arrowhead was born around defense. It was born with Derek Thomas. That yeah. was when Arrowhead kind of got this mystique about it of said before like Chiefs fans don't go to watch games they go to participate in the games like you feel mentally like I've got to do my job (laughs) to help this team go out there and win and for an offense and for Patrick Mahomes it's awesome to go watch a game but if I'm going to watch a game in person in Arrowhead and you're telling me would I rather the score be 56 to nothing or 14 to nothing I honestly think the 14 and or excuse me 56 to 52 or like 14 to nothing. I'll take the 14 to nothing because the defense was dominating. You could be loud on defense. You're not you're supposed to be quiet when the offense is out there. It's more fun in person at Arrowhead with a dominant defense than it is with an all-time offense. And we've seen the all-time offense. Maybe it's because I had to hold in watching. <laughs> I had to hold it in the press box that year watching the 2000 Mahomes first year as a starter. But I will give me a, a dominant defense for an in-person game at Arrowhead over a offense lighting it up all day, every day. It was cool to see uh, Ominahue in there as well. Very, very, very... Uh, You're uh, ahead. 
He's like number six. Ah, dang it. I always do that. Okay. The defense it's the hardest was great. Thing we're doing this show. So we apologize. We'll, we'll move forward. Talk over things twice. But uh, yeah, you want to move on to number two? Yeah, yeah. This is the longest section we have. It. <laughs> Welcome to the Patrick Mahomes section of we'll this be, show. We'll be here for a minute. We need a motion graphic like transition. Oh, a little tie runs come across. Get to the, it's the Patrick Mahomes section. Tucker. <laughs> pick, do it in post. Fix it in post. <laughs> Fix it in post. All right. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He has 26,258 passing yards in his first seven seasons. That's where he's at now. After recording 424 passing yards on Sunday, he passed Jared Goff, Drew, or excuse me, Drew Bledsoe, Matthew Stafford for a spot in the top five for passing yards and players for seven seasons. Mahomes notched his spot at number five in just 87 games. Big point there, just 87 games, because we'll get to that probably a little bit later. We got a couple more paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> break that down. You want me to continue or you want to take that next one? Uh, I'll take next one. Okay. And then you, we'll go back and forth. So Mahomes, 424 passing yards, marked his 10th career game with 400 or more passing yards and ranked as the sixth best single game performance of his career. His last 400 yard passing performance came in week nine of last season against the Tennessee Titans, mm. where he had 446 passing yards. And his 10 400 yard passing performances are the most by any quarterback dating back to when he entered the league in 2017. He now owns 44 career 300 yard passing performances, extending his franchise record and ranking as the most in the NFL. Since 2017, I deleted the chart on our little notes here okay. that showed um, that the second most 300-yard passing performances in Chiefs franchise history was Trent Green. I believe it was 24. And Patrick Collins has 44, and he's 28 years old. I know there's a lot of numbers thrown at you. It's another way of saying this guy is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I said fucking because apparently people like when I cuss. We learned this on the post game show last night, Haley. Really? Were you just throwing them out? I don't know if that was the post game show crowd and the Den Things crowd is different, but sometimes I get a little fired up. I'm not lying. Morning, Pete. Tucker wants to chime in here and back me up a little bit. It's become a thing. It is true. People do. What happened yesterday? Really nothing. We did. We're just sitting there. Every once in a while, I get unhinged and I just lose it. I think it was the AFC Championship game against the Bulls when we were in Vegas. I just lost it. Yeah. A couple Uh, times. You did. Yeah, you did. And hold it all in. The li- Sometimes you just let it out. The live watch parties too kind of stimulated a little bit when we used to do those. Um, but yeah, shout out Corey Peter. He was relentless in his pursuit to try to get yeah. BJ to say the F bomb from the very beginning of the podcast. Like literally as soon as the show started, he's like, oh yeah, BJ's going to. But then I'll also never forget and shout out Cammie Darnell, uh, yeah. huge supporter of the network. I uh, likes to listen to the show with her kids, and she had emailed me once, and I appreciate the email that it's kind of hard sometimes to listen to it because the kids in the room, because all of a sudden <laughs> you don't expect it, and all of a sudden you drop a couple F-bombs. Anyway, let's move on. All right. With 32 completions on 42 attempts, with 424 yards and four passing touchdowns, Mahomes finished the game with a passer rating of 129.5. That's, that's, that's nice. Uh, Marks his 49th career game with 100-plus pass, or excuse me, 100-plus rating. Extending his franchise record, his 49 such games rank as the second most in the NFL since 2017. He's a good football player. Yeah, he's decent. All right, let's move on. And uh, there was some, or get, we'll get to him. It's something hard to put these in order because there's so many different stats. So, all right, going back to what we said off the top with the 26,258 yeah. passing yards that Patrick Mahomes has hit in 87 career games. The guys ahead of him on this list are Derek Carr, Dan Marino, Matt Ryan, and Peyton Manning. They all have more passing yards through their first seven years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, look at the games. The number of games played is completely different. So Derek Carr threw for 26,896. So 
about 738 more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes, but it took him 23 more games to do it. You like that? Did you just do that in your head? I, I thought you were looking at Tucker for a calculator. No, I want to see if he was impressed. I could absolutely never do that. I could never. Right. Went to business school, couldn't do it. I'm good at dumb things. I can't do really basic things, but I can do that kind of math in my head. <laughs> okay. All right, and actually I got it wrong. So it was 600 and... Uh, yeah, I knew that. 38, not 738. So, anyway, it doesn't matter. Derek Carr took him 110 games. Dan Reno, 101 games. Did his mark, Matt Ryan, 110, and Peyton Manning, 112. Long story short... Patrick Mahomes is about 20, basically a season and a half behind these guys. And for him to have the most passing yards for a player through his first seven years in the NFL, it's Peyton Manning again with 112 games. That's 29,442 passing yards, which is going to take a while for him to hit, but that's 184 passing yards. No, so excuse me, 3,184 passing yards shy of having the record, uh, and he needs 25 games to do it. I like his chances. Yeah, I think what uh, stood out to me the most was that 44 games have been 300-plus passing mm-hmm. performances. He's played 87 games. Now, my math is mathing. That's almost perfectly <laughs> half. <laughs> That's... Almost. One, one, one shy short of being perfectly 50%. Of his games have always been 300-plus passing yards. That's a significantly better way of that is presenting this insane. information in a succinct and digestible way. To yeah, I just read it and then regurgitated it in layman's terms. That was good. Because sometimes it, the people. if you're a visual person, if you're an auditory person, yep, everything's different. It's just, it's, he's a freak. So like 12 super freak. Show and we're still on number two. Number two. All right. Uh, and we're not done yet. So <laughs> moving on. Uh, in the first half of Sunday's win over the Chargers, Mahomes threw for 321 passing yards. That 321 yards is the second most in a first half of a game in Patrick Mahomes' career, trailing only his 359-yard passing performance in the first half against the Bucks on November 29th, 2020. In the first half alone, Mahomes recorded three passing touchdowns, which ties for the second most touchdown throws in the first half of a game in his career. I think it was the Pittsburgh game. It doesn't say in here, but I'm pretty sure that Pittsburgh game back in 2018, he lit him up at the beginning. That was his second career start, I believe. The first one, second one on the road. Uh, but it was his touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a 46-yard touchdown before finding rookie Rashi Rice for a six-yard touchdown pass uh, for a couple of those. And his first, his final first-half touchdown was a one-yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, marking the pair's 50th touchdown connection. Crazy. That's nice. Let's let's bring up a little next gen stats to to cap off yeah, yeah. the Patrick Mahomes section of this show. All right, Patrick Mahomes was most productive targeting the intermediate area of the field. That is ten or nineteen air yards, completing thirteen of fourteen for two hundred and fifty nine yards and a touchdown. Mahomes is two hundred fifty nine passing yards targeting intermediate areas are the most in a game over the last five seasons. I'm really excited for the breakdown this week. That is the the yeah. offensive Fan film Fan. room show between Matt Hamilton, who's a producer for K. Adams Show on Up and Adams on FanDuel TV, mm-hmm. and then also uh, Chase Daniel, uh, former Mizzou quarterback, former Chiefs quarterback, former everybody quarterback, uh, had a phenomenal career. But Chase does a phenomenal job breaking things down. And I'm really curious to see their perspective on what the Chargers were trying to do defensively. Right. I saw Bobby Stroop, who's worked with Patrick Holmes for a long time. If you're listening to this, you probably know who Bobby is. 
say that if they leave a spy on Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's going to continue to open up the middle of the field. And we've talked about right. Mahomes and this passing attack needing to find more success in the intermediate area of the field and the deep passing, which we'll get to here in a second. But for them to, and for mainly Travis Kelsey, to absolutely torch uh, the Chargers defense, I'm excited to go back and watch the people who know a lot more about football mm-hmm. than I do to explain a, what the Chargers were doing, and then B, give us the why they think the Chargers thought that was a good idea. Obviously, sure. it wasn't, but the guys who tried to do that still know more fo- about football than the rest of us do. Uh, so I'm curious the whys uh, and how it all kind of played out. But uh, yeah, the other one here, Patrick Mahomes, his 46-yard touchdown pass to MVS was his first deep touchdown pass of the season, which means 20 yards or more down the field in the air. If you listen to our content going into this week, I had talked about he struggled throwing the ball beyond 20 yards down the field. It doesn't mean it's necessarily only on Mahomes, but it's also on the young receivers uh, and their ability to track it. We saw the interception to McCall Hardman. Yeah. We'll talk about McCall and his success later on, but that deep passing game is an area that we haven't seen a lot of success, but uh, Mahomes threw 44 touchdown passes over 20 air yards between 2018 and 2021, second most over that span. But that 46-yard touchdown pass to Marquez, it was a broken play where he scrambled outside. Right. It was his first, obviously, deep pass of the season, but only his second deep touchdown pass since the beginning of last season. Really? So that's really surprising. It's a team that won the Super Bowl. We talked about Mahomes throwing the ball over the field. It hasn't been the deep passing game ever since Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. hasn't been on this team anymore. They have reinvented how to find success offensively. Talked about you know how much the Chiefs' offense is struggling. Nick Wright put out a great tweet saying they're like third in scoring, they're second in passing yards. I think Mahomes is tied for touchdown passes or he's second in touchdown passes now for a team that's, air quote, struggling offensively sure. to right. still the top three in all these categories and only goes to show you how much better they are than everyone else. I think it also shows maturity in the ability to evolve. As an offense, you know, that's why so many offenses get left behind in the NFL and this league because of their inability to evolve with the talent that they have. The Chiefs have proven through Mahomes' maturity and the stats that we just read that they have the capability to roll with the changes and make the necessary, you know, moves needed to win. Because winning is really all. I mean, just get the win. Yeah. And that's that's they've shown that that's all that matters. And so they've got it done. It is building up every aspect of your team. That's boring and cliche and not exciting. But it's true, though. But it's true. And you know that because you grew up with coaches. You've been on teams. Like, I grew up around teams. And it's just, it's not about going out and dominating, playing your best football in Mm -hmm. week seven against the Chargers. It's about going out and getting a little bit better each week. And we saw the Chiefs get a little bit better in a lot of areas. And they got some dudes back. And we saw the superstars go out and play like superstars. And we're going to talk about one of those superstars and what he was able to do in this game right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited time only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. 
Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri on the south end of Kansas City, this family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roasts, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local, support good meat. Welcome back to 10 Things. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. I'm BJ, hanging out with Haley Lewis. Moving on to number three, and this is the Travis Kelsey section of this show. Travis Kelsey notched his second straight game with over 100 yards receiving on Sunday against the Chargers, hitting the mark in the first half in both instances. Kelsey surpassed 100 yards with 935 left in the second quarter after hauling in a 53-yard reception from Mahomes to set up a touchdown by rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice on a play just one play later, but mm-hmm. the Chiefs up 17-10. to 10. And by the end of the first half, Kelsey had racked up 143 receiving yards, including a one-yard touchdown. His 143 yards on Sunday in the first half marked his second-highest offensive output in a single half trailing only his 161 yards receiving in the second half against the Los Angeles Chargers back on December 16th, 2021. Happy man. He had a great game. Healthy live. Healthy game on the field. We'd love to see it. I wish everybody could see our fearless producer, Tucker Franklin's shirt. It said, I'm just here for Taylor. Oh, I tweeted it out. So it's on the, it's on oh. the interweb. You want to check it out. But I love it. 
Uh, and I like the graphic. I actually appreciated the graphic that they put on. And everybody's got hot takes. We've talked about our perspective on all of this. Sure. But the what Travis Kelsey has done when Taylor is in attendance and what he has done when she this is, is not. It's it's a fact. So and uh, you might as well lean in at this point because it's not going away. And again, the fact that Taylor Swift is wearing the Chiefs brand and it's being promoted to absolutely everybody. It's obviously a phenomenal thing for the Chiefs and for their brand. Uh, But I don't know a lot of people that just don't like her. You know, like bitter. Why can't I mean just be happy for someone else's success? They look happy. She looked genuinely. I tweeted out like I would like to start like is actually kind of cute. She looked genuinely concerned on the one touchdown that got the play that got broken up. She looked like she thought he got hurt. And I was like, oh, she really does care. Maybe. I love it. Anyways. Okay. Uh, section for the show. We Okay, we're like, I know her. Yes. This is Swift. Besties. This is Swift. Miss Excuse Swift. me. Excuse me. Those are more we don't know. Okay. Moving along. Uh, with his 179 receiving yards in Sunday's game, Travis registered the second most single game receiving yards by a tight end in franchise history. Kelsey now owns the top five single game yardage performances in franchise history. He has now totaled 3,700 yard receiving performances in his career and has had back to back 100 yard performances for the first time since week 15 and 16 of the 2022 season. Gotta go all the way back to weeks 15 and 16 of last season. Kelsey, that, that is okay. That's true. Um, it made me think that it was a while back. And I know. That's why like, you're like, context, like, it's yeah. really not that long yeah. ago. Anyways, Kelsey has had two or more consecutive 100-yard games eight times in his career, with his longest streak being four consecutive games during weeks 11 through 14 of the 2016 season. Now, that's been a minute, but yeah, just a good old hop, skip, and a Yeah, I'm not going to read all these track. graphics because it's all just Travis Kelsey. <laughs> like, it's it, all it's the... Good. I love seeing that the top five single-game performances in receiving yards for a tight end. It's literally just Travis Kelsey. And the top two are against the Chargers. Number three is against Oakland. Now that obviously Vegas. And number four is against Denver. Your top four performances by a tight end in franchise history yeah. are the greatest tight end to ever play the game. And they're all against the AFC West opponents. Which makes sense. You play it more. But wasn't yesterday National Tight or, tra- or yeah, National Travis Kelsey Day? <laughs> national Tight End Day. But yeah, if, if you watched a television or consumed any NFL related content, over the weekend, you know, it was National Tight Ends Day because they talked about it everywhere. You were did thinking. it watch the television? That's the hard thing. It, it's hard I to be out of games. To. You miss a lot. You do. Afterwards, I'm catching like, up right now. <laughs> I forgot since we, for a couple few years, didn't go to a lot of games. Make yeah. picked one during the year. Now that we've gone to a lot more games in person, you realize how much more information you get from watching it on. TV. And just from the viewpoint too, how much more you can understand. And I yeah. you can't read anything basically from your vantage point on the field. So depending upon where you're sitting, uh, yeah, you, there's a lot you can't see. But when it's close to you, man, it's like nothing else. So yeah. All right, with a one-yard touchdown reception at the end of the first half, Travis Kelsey now has recorded 73 receiving touchdowns in his career. Those 73 touchdowns rank as the sixth most most in NFL history by a tight end. His touchdown also brings Kelsey to 76 career total touchdowns, 73 receiving, two rushing, and one fumble recovery in the end zone, which ties Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez for the second most touchdowns in franchise history. He now only trails running back Priest Holmes, in his franchise wow. record, 83 career total touchdowns. So it just needs, what, eight to, to surpass him. That'd be a lot of touchdowns throughout the, the rest of the season, but it's never put it past uh, Andy Reid to run a lot of those shovel passes or whatever. Do they count postseason for these stats, do you know, or is this just... Most of the time, no, unless okay. it's otherwise noted, which I don't see. A lot of this information, thank you, is courtesy of the Chiefs Communications Department. They do a great job 
putting a lot of this stuff together that helps give us context uh, to what we're watching. Yeah. But I do think it's pretty cool to look and see like, the all-time scoring list for the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the top four players on this list are kickers. They get all kinds of points from extra points and mm-hmm. field goals, obviously. Nick Lowry, number one. Jan Stenerud, number two. Harrison Butker, number three. Ryan Suckup, number four. And you've got Priest Holmes with 500 points scored in his career. And then Travis Kelsey right there at 466. So, handful of touchdowns. And Travis Kelsey's going to have more points scored than any other non-kicker. Yeah, only franchise four of them on that entire list. Non-kickers. Impressive. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to number four. We're 25-ish minutes into this show, and we're just getting to number four. It's going to speed up here, folks. I appreciate you for hanging out with us. And that would be when I take over. Okay, here we go. Start of the second quarter. Uh, wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling hauled in a 46-yard reception for a touchdown. MVS not only notched his first touchdown of the season, but he surpassed 3,000 receiving yard mark for his career on the catch. He now has, oh, really? I'm sorry, I read these things as I say them out loud. 887 receiving yards that he has surpassed since joining the Chiefs, and Sunday's 84-yard performance marked his third most as a member for the Chiefs. Sunday's touchdown bringing in his career total was 16 or excuse me, 216 with three touchdowns in his time in Kansas City. MVS caught three passes totaling 87 yards on the night with a touchdown. Sometimes those things stand out as you're reading them. You're just like, what? Yeah, double take. Like, did I just... Yeah, because I was like, did I mess that up or did I read it correctly? No, it was good. I... All that makes NVS sound better than what it feels like sometimes, doesn't I think, it? Yeah, and that's kind of what my point was going to be, is that like it was nice to see him step up. It was nice to see him make a play on kind of like sure. a broken play, where he was going across the middle. And when you watch the replay of it, there's a lot of angles that he could have taken. And I don't know who it was that was kind of in line with him as far as like number of yards down yeah. the field. And whoever the other receiver was kind of went straight down the line to get open as Mahomes was scrambling to his right. And there, there were two Chiefs receivers that were in the middle of the field. One of them went directly towards the sideline at like a, a hard angle. And then MVS kind of went at a, like a 45-degree angle, kind of like down the field, kind of like a post route um, on the broken play. And then that's who Mahomes ended up going to. But the fact that they created that separation, yeah. they found that space was great. And I'll say like the biggest surprise for me, we talk a lot about the young, young wide receivers for the Chiefs and the passing game not stepping up. For me, MVS was the guy coming into the season. We've got the receipts. I thought he was going to step up and be a dude. Just that there were only so many passes going around. He's got that big body. He'd been in the system a little bit now. Maybe he can take that next step and mm-hmm. be one of those guys that gets a notch better. Not that he's been bad, but there was an opportunity for him to step up and make right. more plays. Hopefully what we saw in this game, granted the one huge play was on a broken play, but it was great to see him step up and make a play. I need to see more of that. I want to see more of that yes. for him because he's the one guy that if you would have told me at this point in the season who was leading the Chiefs in receiving yards, mm-hmm. not named Travis Kelsey, I would have said MVS and not the guy who's next on this list. And that is Wookie. Wookie. Background on the third grade, miss speech problem. I had to go see a person about it. I'm sorry. Oh, really? I, just I said my R is like W's. I'd say wad it and I had to go in and be like, ruh, ruh. Anyway, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Things you didn't know you were going to learn. Well, let's go. All right. Rasheed Rice steps up again in the middle of the second quarter. Rice caught a six-yard touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. Beautiful Mm, way of kind of contorting his body and giving himself a window. Uh, But it gave the Chiefs a 17-10 lead en route to their win over the Chargers. It marked Rice's third receiving touchdown of his young career. And with 60 yards on Sunday, Rice brought his career receiving yards total to 305 
which is the second most of any Chiefs patch catcher this season, only trailing, I believe, Travis Kelsey. So his 60-yard performance on Sunday is the second highest of his career as he had 72 yards in week six for his career high. Rice had five catches for 60 yards with a long of 37 to go with that touchdown. We talk about stacking games and stacking, mm-hmm. stacking success. When you read it out loud, it reads like a lie, but you're saying it's his second most receiving yards, only trailing his week six performance. Right. That was last week. Yeah. So he's stacking good games on top, and that's exactly what you want to see. You didn't need to see all of them step up. You just need a few to start to separate themselves, and Rasheed Rice seems to be doing that. Yeah, and it was definitely very dicey in the beginning. A lot of drop passes, a lot of issues. He's a rookie coming into the NFL. Yeah. That was, you know, the speed of the game, all those things that he, the normal rookies say in an interview – he was very open about struggling with that, and it seems like he's finally, you said, stacking games, good games on each top of each other, and I'm, I'm excited for this guy. I think yeah. this is the potentially, this could be the guy that the Chiefs have been really looking for. Yep, and let's move on to number six. Another one is the another guy that guy. we know has stepped up and made plays throughout his time in a Chiefs uniform, which we got to see again for the first time this season. We're talking about McCole Hardman playing in his first game with the Chiefs since coming via trade with the New York Jets earlier this week. Hardman flipped the field with a huge 50-yard punt return in the fourth quarter. He returned Chargers punter J.K. Scott's punt, again, 50 yards to the Chargers' 35-yard line. And this came at a time where the both offenses, it became like a defensive battle in the sure. second half. The offense was all about fireworks. Everybody's going left and right, uh, do, finding success with about anything they wanted to do outside of throwing McCole Hardman the ball in the first half when the offense was doing really well. You had the interception, and they needed a drop, I believe, inside the red zone. Passes yeah. a little bit behind him. It's a play that you expect McCall Hardman to make. But kind of a shaky start. And then when things were kind of getting not tense, but a little bit tight, he stepped up and made what I'd say probably the biggest play in the game. Yeah. That, that return was the second longest of his career and the longest regular season Chiefs punt return since Hardman had a 67-yard punt return for a touchdown against the Miami Dolphins back on December 13th, 2020. That return... On Sunday, oh, I remember that set up a short field, and Hardman followed up quickly with a third down reception uh, to convert for a first down. So, Hardman made two two huge plays in back to back that set up arguably the biggest touchdown for the Chiefs in this game in this win over the Chargers, and yeah, that set up the Isaiah Pacheco touchdown that gave him the two possession lead. Which before that third down conversion, I remember thinking, "Don't force it here. All yeah. I care about is a field goal. Make it a two possession game." With the way the defense is playing. The game's going to be over. And then McCall Hardman makes a fantastic contested um, play to get the first down there and set up that touchdown in Chiefs cruise. But shout out McCall Hardman uh, stepping back after kind of a shaky start, steps up, makes plays like a veteran. We'll call him veteran, like a veteran should. Yeah. I'm happy to have him back. It took me forever to find him on the field because I kept looking for 17. 12 is weird. And I was like, Where's, yeah, I can't find him. Where was he in that series? And they're like, yeah, he was in the entire series. <laughs> he just missed it. But uh, I thought the coolest thing about this was watching Mahomes chase him down after that return <laughs> on the sideline. And you got to see the chemistry between him and Mahomes. And that's something that Kansas City just lives off of, those those type of things. But then, post-game, he's on, Rasheed Rice is on the field doing an interview. And you see McColl run up right behind him and be like, that's my dog. Like, killed it. Like, you're, you know, so, like, giving him all this encouragement. It's like, you guys have known each other for three seconds. Yeah. And that shows me, as a fan... And someone who who wants to obviously see the chemistry in, in that room continue. Um, I'm very excited that he's back, and it seems like he's blending in perfectly. 
Yeah, and I'm going to try to blend this uh, DraftKings read in here perfectly. As NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball wins string together multiple bets for this from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter basketball is more fun when you're in on the action download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code kcsn new customers can get 200 dollars in bonus bets instantly for betting just five dollars only on DraftKings sportsbook with code kcsn the crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino, 21 years old, age varies by jurisdiction. 20 Bonus bets expire 168 hours after ins- issuance. See sportsbook.com, excuse me, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I mean, honestly, you killed it. I There's no way I could have struggled through this. It's like ever trying to read it fast. We appreciate you. We appreciate DraftKings for helping us pay some bills and for making a lot of what we do here at KCSM possible. All right, let's move on to number seven. You take, take this one. I take it away. I need to take a break. Drew Tranquil, you don't want to talk more? Drew Tranquil closing it out. Getting five sacks. With under two minutes remaining in Sunday's game, Drew Tranquil found Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert for a nine-yard sack. His fourth quarter sack brought in his total for the season to 2.5 and upped his career total to nine. Tranquil was effective across the board with two solo tackles, including one tackle for loss, one QB pressure, and a pass defense to go with the sack. Former team getting it done against them. I love seeing that. Yeah, and Drew Tranquil is going to be somebody we talk about a lot with the injury to Nick Bolton. Did you see the update? Uh, and what's going on? So just this, we just put this out. Um, Kansas City Sports Network just said that um, Nick Bolton will require surgery on his dislocated wrist, and he's expected to be out for roughly two months. That's tough. That is tough. Watching that injury was also tough. Yeah, it seemed like his hand got caught yeah. inside of his in shoulder pads. We were talking about that last night. And yeah, you... You can always tell when players, you can judge on their reaction, and we know how tough Nick yeah, Bolton is. He's not, like, that's like, that's not a dramatic guy. That's a problem. Um, and not to make light, and the Chiefs are a better football team when Nick Bolton is Absolutely. in the mix and he's out there. Um, but Drew Tranquil is going to be the guy. And luckily for the Chiefs, Drew Tranquil has gotten some reps, and then Nick Bolton has been out with some injury. He's gotten some reps. We've seen him have the green dot and make the calls. Uh, and yeah, so it was really poetic for Drew Tranquil to get that sack right. from Justin Herbert. Uh, but Drew Tranquil is going to be another one of those players that we talk a lot about. Um, look, sounds like over the next Two couple months. of months, yeah. eight weeks, nine weeks, however long it ends up being, hopefully he's back and, and healthy by the time mm-hmm. they get to the playoffs. Uh, but Drew Tranquil has been arguably the most important signing for the Chiefs this offseason. Uh, with you're right, yeah. the way that uh, not only the season's played out, but the way that Drew Tranquil is playing right now for, again, one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not arguably the best defense, which is crazy to think about when you start comparing them to some of the defenses you watched, Philadelphia, the Cleveland Browns, the Niners, uh, the Ravens, uh, the Cowboys. I mean, the Chiefs are in that discussion with the numbers they're putting up and the success they've had. And another reason for it is the development of second-year defensive end George Karloftis. Uh, He got a sack on the Chargers' first drive to uh, give it an abrupt end um, 
as he brought down Justin Herbert on a third and two play. The sack moved Karloftis' season total to three and a half sacks uh, and his career total to nine and a half. In addition to the sack, Karloftis tallied three tackles, one of which was solo, including one tackle for loss and a quarterback pressure to go with that sack. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about Charles Amenehu, uh here in just a couple of minutes, but that whole rotation, that whole defensive line, uh, good. And Amenehu coming is only going to help benefit guys like George Koloftis who are coming in on their own. You know that the attention that Chris Jones gets, George Koloftis stepping up for this defense, again, with guys like Drew Tranquil, it's taking everybody. But man, if, Drew, if George Karloftis is playing like the first round pick and and what we've seen him and this continues, man, this is going to be a scary defense to play. Yeah. It already is. One of those players, Willie Gay, also. Yeah. Uh, he's the energy guy on the, on the sidelines. We love to see him there showing explosiveness. He had a sack on Justin Herbert as well. Uh, his sack resulted in a loss of 13 yards for the Chargers. It forced a third in 21, causing the Chargers to settle for a field goal. That was his first sack of the year and brought his career total to five. Ended the day with five tackles. Two were solo, including tackle for loss. One pass defended and a QB pressure to go with the sack. I thought he played fantastic. I, I thought too. Willie Gay had a great game. Uh, it It's fun to talk about the defense and talk about we just got done talking about the defensive line and how good they've been. Now we're talking about Drew Tranquil in the second line of defense. Willie, Ch- or Willie Chanel. It's okay. You Leo Chanel, Willie Gay <laughs> are starting to step up. Man, you imagine that player? Um, but it's every level of the defense. We haven't even talked about the best level of the Chiefs defense, yep. which is saying something, which I think is the secondary, the way they've been playing. And again, that's tough with the way the defensive line is going. But it it's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm looking at pro football folks' grades as they are now out. Willie Gay was the third highest graded Chiefs defensive player against the Chargers um, on Sunday, only trailing Chris Jones, uh, who was the second rated or second highest graded Chiefs defender. And then talk about the defensive line, Mike Dana, highest really? graded Chiefs defended defensive player um, in week seven in this game against the Chargers, which uh, again, it's saying something when, yeah, and the Chiefs ended with 24 quarterback pressures in this game. George Karloftis, who we just talked about, had six pressures himself, uh, five quarterback hurries in the game on Sunday. So it is all levels of the defense getting it done. Um, Chiefs, we talked about off top show, five sacks on the day from five different players. Um, mm. Pretty damn impressive. For for um, Mike Dana, total of six tackles, four of those solo, two assists, one sack. It's a nice day. Pretty good. Yeah. All right, move on to number eight. And what that pressure does, it leads to interceptions. As the Chiefs picked off Justin Herbert twice, as Brian Cook put an end to the Chargers' efforts in Sunday's 31-17 victory, coming up with the game-sealing interception after Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert attempted to connect with wide receiver Keenan Allen late in the fourth quarter. Cook returned at nine yards before letting quarterback Patrick Mahomes kneel it out for the victory. This marked the second-year safety's first career interception. Cook had a productive afternoon with five tackles, three of which were solo and a pass defense to go along with that interception. Kind of shocked me that that was his first. Yeah. Um, I had to look that one up again because I was I thought I swore he had one last last year. I, I would have lost the bet if somebody would have said I would have that too. his first career interception. He is a guy who continues to come up with very solid uh, plays, and so you think you've we've heard his name multiple times being like singled out. I guess is what you want to say it. Um, so I thought I could have sworn he had an interception, but yeah. Anyways, uh, are you checking? Yeah, I thought maybe it was a playoff. Uh, 
if you had okay i got you that's why it's not showing right tucker can look that up for us here real quick but uh yeah in the third quarter of sunday's win the other interception that was when charles and minahu batted a pass from justin herbert into the waiting hands of legeria sneed who hold it in for the interception that was deep in the red zone in a goal to go scenario that was when the chargers were trying to tie this game Mm -hmm. as the chiefs defense stepped up to keep them out of the end zone sneed how Sneed has now notched nine career interceptions, and this takeaway marked his first of the season. Sneed kept it up as the club's second leading tackler with six tackles, five of which were solo, and a pass defense to go along with the interception. Obviously, interception on the the stat sheet, but there was a play, and I don't we won't be able to find it, but if you're listening and you remember it, there was a play in which the Chiefs were blitzing and they had a couple of guys coming off the left edge, and Kellen Moore, the Chargers offensive coordinator, basically ran like a jet sweep to the short side of the field, to the left side. It was a perfect play call for what the Chiefs did defensively, and it was set up to get a lot of yards, except for Legereus Sneed stuck his nose in there and made a tackle. It ended up being a gain of three or four yards, but if Sneed doesn't make that tackle, it's yeah. going for a very, very long ways. And so, shout out to Legereus Sneed. You cannot play cornerback for Steve Spagnuolo unless you're willing to stick your nose in there and tackle, but this, the interception was great, game ceiling, all those things. But I will probably remember that tackle more than I remember that interception because it's not something you would always expect from DBs to fight through tackles and to make a play like that. There was like four or five offensive guys around ready to block, and then Sneed flies out of nowhere and makes the play. So, big time. Aggressive guy. Want to go to number nine? Yeah, let's do another aggressive guy. Minihu making his debut with the Chiefs. Cool to see him out there. Uh, he found Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert for a six-yard sack. Kansas City's third of the first half. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, foreseeing the Chargers to punt just two plays later. The sack was a Minahue's first playing for Kansas City and brought his career total to 12.5. With the Chargers in a goal-to-go situation, which we were talking about earlier in the third quarter, he tipped Herbert's pass at the line of scrimmage. That was when Legereus Sneed was able to intercept the pass, turning away the Chargers' scored opportunity. He forced this in his first game in the red and gold with two solo tackles, including one tackle for loss, two quarterback pressures, and a pass defended to go along with the sack. Uh, this was a guy who, when they signed him and brought him over, I remember a lot of people statistically were like, oh, he doesn't have that many sacks, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's. But when you look at the pressure he puts on a quarterback, that's where you get your bang for your buck when you bring in this younger, I think he's 25, um, just agile player. And we got to see it in his first outing. Yeah, fun watching him. It was the the debut that we were looking for. Yeah, uh, it there's up to it. Yeah, yeah. There are so many different um, storylines coming from this game, and we got kind of called out on the post game show. We did our toast game, and we all toasted all these different guys. We didn't toast Patrick Mahomes, threw for four hundred twenty four yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> I think we talked about Kelsey a little bit, but <laughs> to me, the the storyline from this game were the debuts. It was that McCole Hardman stepped up and made key plays when they needed them to. And that the same thing with Charles Amenehu. It wasn't just that he got a sack and deflected pass for an interception. It's the fact that his sack came late in the first half when the Chargers were driving. The Chargers had scored on three consecutive drives when Amenehu stepped up. And he stepped up and made a key sack, lost a bunch of yardage on a second down play that set up a third and 18 that ultimately forced the Chargers to punt. So they don't score at all at a time where both offenses were clicking. That was the first kind of, hey, we checked their offense. We finally stopped them. And then Amenahu's deflection inside the red zone in a goal-to-go situation. Again, Chiefs defense backs against the wall. Somebody's got to step up and make a play. That's when Charles Amenahu stepped up and made a play. And you made a great point in that you know he might not have had the sack numbers, and a lot of Chiefs fans will look at those numbers. Right. And a lot of people who cover the team will look at those numbers. 
look a little bit below yeah, the surface. Yeah. Charles Amenu, looking at it right now, last year ranked 13th in the NFL among edge rushers with 62 quarterback pressures. He was a top 15 edge rusher in terms That's of quarterback hilarious. pressures. And you're talking about a player that played significantly less snaps than anyone else on this list. I'm looking at the list right now. Every player ahead of him on the list of whoever had more pressures, and this is 2022. This is when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Charles Amenhu did that on 659 snaps. All the other players are 800 or more as far as total number of snaps. So he'd be even higher on this list uh, if he had you know more reps. And you look at the, the pass rushing productivity and all his numbers, very, very high. So again, to me, Charles Amenhu is one of the top storylines coming out of this game. And it's funny to say that when your offense goes off in the way that it does <laughs> and your kicker stays hot. We like we go him. to number 10. We can't not talk about Harrison Butker because he has been automatic. You want to read this one? Sure. All, right. All right. Harrison Butker kicked off the Chiefs scoring on Sunday. He converted a 35-yard field goal in the first quarter to put up the Chiefs out in front 3-0. and Butker also started hot this season. He converted 15 of 15 field goals. Um, Morton Anderson, Ty Morton Anderson, that was who had 15 in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, for the franchise record for consecutive field goals made to start a season. His perfect kicking day Sunday kept the streak alive. That is now seven straight games with no misses. He is tied for the second most field goals made through a player's first seven games of a season in franchise history with 15 to start the season. He's gone 19-19 on extra points as well. Yeah, and I'll probably get, this is at the risk of getting completely called out in the comment section, more by people who know, but off the top of my head, and Morton Anderson is like Hall of Fame kicker. Right. We get that. When he was with the Chiefs, I think he was like 49 years old. Like Morton Anderson was not. So he converted That's 15 <laughs> straight field goals, but I don't think any of them were that far. Harrison Butker drilled like a 61-yard field like goal. And they like a 59. They were yeah. attempting field goals over like 43, 44 yards, I'm guessing, back in 2002. And yeah. Tucker's looking it up now to tell me how wrong I am. But that was late into his career. And I remember because we had season tickets, we were going to all those games. They weren't a lot of long field goals that he was attempting to hit 15 straight. So it's even more impressive with what Butker is doing. Uh, it seems like so long ago. Oh, Did God. you just use your calculator Hold on. to get the age? It, it, it's, I'm fascinated. I'm not even going to finish that thought. Tell me how wrong I am. No, you, I, you're not wrong at all. He's 42. That was the longest field goal during that stretch? I was how old he no, was. Eight. Oh, 42. Yeah, yeah, that's what you asked me originally. We got about three minutes left on this show. If you could look up what the longest field goal was at the stretch of 2002, just look up his game logs. Yeah. And look up the longest field goal in 2002 to start the season before he hit 15. He had 15 straight. I bet they're not that yeah. long. And compare, like, maybe at, you can't do that. Nothing <laughs> here. You calculate out average distance of field goal for Morton Anderson on those and average distance for Harrison Butker. Just, this is a big assignment, BJ. <laughs> so I love this. This is stuff I used to do more. I used to spend my time doing this instead of all the business stuff I got to do now. Yeah. Not as fun, but. Your phone stresses me. Get a lot of messages. <laughs> you ask me what I do. I just respond to messages all day. Um, Anyways, so impressive. Rise. But. Impressive for Harrison Bucker. And it seems so long ago, is finishing the thought from earlier. Seems so long ago that we were talking about like we were analyzing like Tommy Townsend's holds. I know. And like all of the problems there. And we don't know. But maybe all of that attention got it fixed. And they're like, you know what? We're gonna focus on this now. We're gonna get it fixed. Uh, I know obviously Dustin Colquitt kind of led that when he was like, This needs to be better. Yeah. Uh, he obviously knows and is familiar and talks with the guys that were in the room at least 
And then Bucker got hurt. So, so yeah, there's like always more than one reason for things. And uh, when it comes to stuff, we might not get all of the exact answers. uh, But long story short, it got figured out. They're out there getting it done. And again, kicking some long field goals. Tucker. And booty. It's not giving me length on the field goals. It's just giving me. All right. We're just going to say they were all like 27 yard field goals. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like that idea. That fits our narrative. But let's let's make our stats. The best is when you spend like forty five minutes, hour and a half, like however long, looking up stats, and then you get to the end, and it's like we ranked eighteenth in the league. And like, well, this did not you know what I wanted it to do. A giant waste of time. <laughs> and then Matt McMullen to be like, you can just search this on Pro Football Reference and just put all these things. He's a whiz on that stuff. I was like, I just did it by hand, and it took me three days. He's like, you just had to do this, this, and so this. So it looks like here, I'm looking at his 2002. It looks like he made, he was 6 for 6 in field goals, 20 to 29 yards. He was 10 for 10 in field goals, 30 to 39. That's not right. Oh, yeah. No, he's 5 of 9 for 40 to 49 and 1 for 1 from 50 plus in 2002. So he's only ever made one. He only attempted 10 field goals beyond 40 yards that yeah. season, and he made... 60% of them. It's 6 of 10. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Math. That's the best I could do. I just do girl math, and that's a lot for me. <laughs> Call it. All right, final thoughts before we wrap up the show. I feel good. Off hanging out. I'm a slightly over, but I feel good. Means you had so I'm very happy the Chiefs won. Seltzers are very large there, and they're very expensive. Yeah. And they're giving me a headache, but I'm glad. And everyone on the Chiefs seems to be doing well. Seltzer of choice. I had the, um, I tried the Bud Light seltzer mm-hmm. thing, and it's like this tall. It's a tall boy. And you're carrying it's out. It's, I mean, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Um, and it's like $34. <laughs> yeah, Tucker, where do you have the Bud Light seltzers on the seltzer review list? You haven't done any of those in a while. No, I haven't. It was good. I don't know if you know this. I've been a little busy. Uh, it's unaware. <laughs> you're busy wearing your. I'm just here for Taylor's sweatshirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out thanks to our friends at Sandlot Goods. Shout out to Sandlot Goods. I can pull up the Google sheet here real quick. It won't take me very long. Got a bookmark. I think they're pretty high. They're, they were one of the first ones. I, I thought they're good. Mm. Yeah. I like the corks, but I only like the Bomb Pop cork ones. So that's fair. That's good. Uh, My favorite seltzer I've not been able to find because I live on the Kansas side of things, but it's the Four Hands seltzer. Oh, you didn't even know that. Um, I want to say it was a, called a Bomb Pop too. I had it at Matt Miller's golf tournament yeah. down in Joplin. It's good. The Bomb Pop one is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just because I was out on a golf course. It was a beautiful day. Like, I had a free day, and I, I love my kids, love my wife. But every once in a while, you just get a, a day with the boys. Yep. Went golfing, and that was what I got handed. So I probably could have drank, like, a Topo Cheek, like, something gross, and I would have loved it. I don't yeah. care what your rating was. These things are gross. Get it. What what flavor did you have? We'll never be sponsored. I had black cherry. With all the things that I've seen. And then one was tie-dyed. I did get two. So you got the cherry lemonade, I assume, and the tie-dyed one. That's awesome. the one that they sell. That one's pretty That one's pretty high. It was good. The, old... the black cherry was pretty good, too. Shout out to anybody that's still listening to the yeah. show. Yeah, right. Do you feel good? I feel great. That was a very sad... Carter watches all these, like... It's like the power washing videos. Yeah. And it's like very satisfying things. You clean, like, the rugs. That was a or, like, satisfying people game. Blowing, like, mowing lawns that are really bad. Like, that's just... Watching that game is just very satisfying. <laughs> Not mowing it yourself. You just watch. Okay. Like, there's a video of the guy that goes around and like mows people's lawns for free. Uh, and like does the service. SB mowing. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I watch those videos every time. Like that's pretty cool. I want to see what it looks like at the end. I watch pimple popping videos, and that is satisfying to me. You don't think that's satisfying? That's gross. That's a thing. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's a huge. It's a culture. It is. It's a thing. 
for me. Pip, like Dr. Pimple Popper? I've never been so happy to be an old in my old She got a TV show. She Dr. Pimple Popper. show about popping pimples. She got a TV show. That's how I fall asleep. She watched you Pimples Popper related into a TLC show. Shout out. I mean, honestly. It's really cool. If, if that stuff grosses you out, obviously it's not going to bring She's just like a dermatologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like saying the right way to do it and not just like, look at this one. No, yeah, just say, no, it's look at this one. <laughs> She does like more. She like pops cysts too. And yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, she does more than just pimples. It's not for me. I can't. We just sent BJ into a coma. It's 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 obviously not your thing. <laughs> All I'm thinking now is fuck, Claude's got some ammo to use for this video. Like, <laughs> that's going to end up as a social. That freaking B video for the K State got out there. Nobody's safe. Pretty good. I did tell him to cut that, by the way. He just found it. No, I told him. Oh, yeah. All right, I need to go take a liquid IV and <laughs> eat a bagel. I'm sure there's a service. They have a pimple popping service. I know that in Vegas you can like have like a concierge IV brought to your room. I have done that before uh, on a bachelorette trip. Yeah, nice. I'm not that desperate right now. I'm just a little. If I haven't, I just powers through. You just deal with it. Tucker, Tucker, because he's a dog. Tucker can attest. You just flip a switch and you just suck it up. You're like, I'm not gonna let this beat me. And then you get about 30 minutes and then you completely fall apart and you're miserable and complaining the rest of the day. My wife can attest to that as well. So we appreciate everybody for hanging out and bearing with us in the last five minutes of this show. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Let us know in the comments section which of these things that you like the most. And if we missed any, you saw any stats, PFF, next-gen stats, a lot of great places out there to get information. If we missed something or thought you should be in, you thought it should have been included, please let us know. And uh, don't forget, Monday night, 4.30, Only Weird Games will be going live. Oops. And then at 9 o'clock, the KC Lab guys will be going live. And then later this week on our YouTube channel, you'll get the film breakdowns from Craig Stout, Mike DeVito, and that Derek Johnson guy. Heard of it. They didn't know that. Uh, he comes on and they break down the Chiefs defense each week on our YouTube channel. And then the offense gets broken down by Matt Hamilton and former NFL Chiefs Mizzou quarterback Chase Daniel. Some of my favorite content that we do on the network. So please Check those out and let us know what you think about those as well. We appreciate all you for hanging out. Go eat some Mission Taco. Let them know about KCSN and get the Any Given Holiday Drink. Proceeds from that go to Braden's Hope uh, and their quest to raise money for pediatric cancer research uh, for the kiddos. So a lot of good things going on in Kansas City. Appreciate you spending part of your day with us. See you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.